Here's Clark again. Oh, and through again he goes. He's got Satuto with him. But it's Ioane, in fact. And Rico Ioane's going to score. What a brilliant play from Caleb Clark, and the Blues are in again. Then it back this near side for Vince Arso. Vince Arso gives it away to Umanga Jensen. And he's got it on the line. And that is a try. Pass. Oh, oh Tilafalava and a warm welcome back to another episode of the Counteruck, a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. Uh, I'm the host of the Counteruck, Stacey, and today we are welcomed by one of our um, our favourite guests on the podcast uh, for 2020, uh, Sally. Sally, thanks for jumping back on for 2021. Us. No, no worries. Thank you for having me on board today. Hey, that's the one, brother. Um, yeah, so we we haven't seen you since last year. Um, November, I think, was our last podcast for 2020. So just give us a bit of a fill-in about what you've been up to for the past uh, couple of months. Yeah, yeah. So for the last couple of months, I've been uh, working hard behind the scenes to try and get, um, uh, firstly, uh, the brand that I'm working with, which is Renault Apparel, try to get the website and everything um, online and to make it easier for people to purchase. Um, so that's been a real good hit. I've been working on uh, Loud and Brown, which is a podcast that um, I, I've, I've started up with the help of um, many people such as uh, Cam's as well, who's been helping me along the way. So shout out to Cam. Um, but yeah, it's just a podcast so far that I've um, that's just sharing some stories of some of our brown people who are doing well, and not only just in our community, but within their own industries that they're navigating in. Um, and then just busy with work and family. Um, at the moment, I'm just trying to focus on getting the body right um, uh, for rugby season coming <laughs> up. So, oh, nice. uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite a been quite a bit of a strenuous last couple of months. But um, and it's uh, this is the year for everyone to finally, you know, start ticking the boxes and start striving for for their goals. Nice, 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 there, brother. So that's good. We spoke to Rog last week. Um, for our first episode of the year, and he was mm. a bit um, non-committal about lacing up the boots. So it's good to hear that uh, you're going to be out there again. Uh, Papakura, are you still going to be running with him? Nah, not this year. Not this year. So I'll be um, running with uh, the Bombay team this year. So um, one of my uh, good usos, uh, Sam Mayuno, he was a uh, he kept for the Manusamoa, and he was. Um, uh, custodian for the county's Manukau team as well. He um, caught it quits last year after a serious injury uh, to his back and to his neck. Um, so oh, yeah. he's managed to uh, stay um, involved within rugby by um, taking up a head coaching position at Bombay. Oh, nice, nice. So you're moving a bit further, closer to the Chiefs territory there. You might uh, end up jumping <laughs> the fence on your support like uh, like our good friend on the podcast, Roger, has done. But uh, hopefully not. Hopefully you stick with the Blues boys there. Oh, mate. Uh, Blues, Blues all day, all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, um, well, I'll just take care of um, a few housekeeping things before we get into it. Um, we have our website up and running. So check us out, www.wizwiznet.com. And also you can follow the Counter-Ruck uh, on Twitter and Facebook. So give us a follow and give us a like on there. Um, but yeah, Sully, um, for our listeners, um, we're doing this podcast uh, from Auckland in level three of the lockdown, um, which makes it a bit hard to keep the podcast going. But we're still going to carry on and 
push through and uh, try and get out some real quality stuff for you guys. Um, but yeah, Sully, uh, we, last week we did a few uh, pre-season predictions uh, with Roger. So I'll get you to uh, jump in and give us your predictions on the upcoming season just before we get into some of our usual reviews. Um, so uh, we, last week we talked about who we think was going to win the competition, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, so give us your thoughts. Who do you think is going to take it out and, and why Why you think they'll take it out? Oh, uh, the Blues, the Blues, this is the year, um, has to be, you know, um, <laughs> it, it, just everything has just been growing towards, um, you know, the Blues finally, you know, getting over the line. Uh, I feel like, um, if anything, all the pressures on the Crusaders to keep on performing and, um, obviously, uh, being reigning champions, you know, much expectation out of the Blues to, to beat the Crusaders. So all the pressures on the Crusaders. So I feel like the Blues, that's their best chance. Um, I feel confident in, in our, um, drivers, especially our nine and 10, especially Oteri Black. Uh, the fact that he doesn't have to look over his shoulder for Bowden Barrett's pressure on, on him in terms of taking his position. I feel he'll be more comfortable this year. Um, being the true leader of the team. Um, and no insecurity mm. over his role and his position. So I feel like Oteri Black will have a big year. We've got heaps of young up and coming talent as well. Um, yeah. So everything that they've got going at the Blues, especially, um, with Leon McDonald and his, and his team. Um, the culture that they're brewing there, the confidence that they're instilling in all the players, uh, everything is going to come into fruition this year. And um, I feel like this is the year for the Blues to to finally uh, take reign over the competition. So, you know, I needed you on here last week because that is an excellent answer. I also agree. I went with the Blues. But you remember we got our TAB account and Rog yeah. was the one who was on there. So I ended up going with his tip. <laughs> which was the Chiefs he went for the Chiefs. So we basically lost $10 is what I'm saying because we put $10 uh, on the Chiefs to win. But yeah, I'm with you on the Blues. I think that's a good call, mate. But um, I'll, we'll get a couple more predictions before we do our review. So we looked at the Wooden Spoon uh, team, the mm. contenders for that. So who do you think, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Who do you think is going to be have a really rough year this year? Oof. I think the Hurricanes, eh? As much as... Uh... It's hard to uh, hard to say that only because I love my boy Adi down there, but um, I, I think they're just missing too many like Perinara. It's just too much of a um, a massive figure within their team, not only on but off the field as well. I feel like for the last couple of years, it's always been him, Adi, Bar- uh, Jordi, as well as Nani that have been carrying, and he plays an integral role with. Um, Connecting both the forward pack as, and the back, um, I think he's just too much of a missing piece for them to 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 make any real noise this year. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say unfortunately it's gonna be the Hurricanes this year. Uh, a couple more predictions, mate. So we introduced a new thing here called the uh, Wiz Wiz Medal, which is named after our uh, podcast network for the standout player of the year. So we're going to do it a system where we're going to review the games, which is part of our weekly podcast. We're going to give three points to the best player, two points for the second best player, and one point for the third best guy, and just tally up the points at the end to come up with the player of the year. So have you got any thoughts on that? Any nominees that you want to put in an early nomination? And um, we, I have included both the New Zealand and Australian um, conferences, seeing they're going to be run concurrently. Uh, give the Australians a chance to win something. Oh, nice, nice. Um, 
probably some er oh, early runners. Oof. Uh, just probably from the week that's gone by, probably or Teddy Black would probably be. Uh, Dice. One, uh, I like that call. I like that. He was the awesome success of the weekend. Blues will ride heavily on how well he goes, and I feel like he needs to have that kind of performance every week, week in, week out. It's going to be hard against uh, the Crusaders mm. when they play, but um, that'll be the true test of um, his development and how far he's willing to go within that 10 jersey. Um, and outside of the blue, ah, Asafo Amor. Mm. I reckon he'll be another one. Or he he just looks like he's he's ready to yep, take over yep. the number two role full time. Uh, so not too sure what Dane calls or how many years he's got left. I hope he has another. He has enough in his tank for another World Cup because I still think he's he's still got the goods, especially for leadership wise. But man, it's it's hard to deny Asafo how well he's been uh, progressing along. Um, here's another one. Yeah, now that, that that'll probably be the only two for, uh, for now, and that's just off the, the the last week's games. Oh, and I'm um, sorry, one more from just to be fair, um, Callum Callum Grace Callum Grace is another person that I'm 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 hoping that he'll probably top top our charts. Ooh, nice nice good calls there. Um, I hundred percent agree on on most of those. Oh, Moore's a really interesting one. You know, he's served a long apprenticeship now, and feels like he's sort of getting to that point where he needs to be starting as for the next part of his his development because he should be. You know, I think the next sort of four, four or five years he could really kick on and be one of the, you know, the top elite hookers in world rugby. So, yeah, I agree with that, and I, and I think it's good timing. Coles is sort of he's still on our top three hookers to be going to the World Cup in the All Blacks, but no, I think he's getting on a bit, so it's time to give some new guys a chance, and I think Omoa seems the obvious guy in that role there. Um, right, one last one last prediction. Uh, we know, we did our predictions last year with um, just an All Black bolter or Wallaby bolter, or just a rookie, a rookie that you think might have a really good um, Super Rugby campaign, or just, just yeah, someone to keep an eye out for, someone that's not really a mainstream guy. So we did this category last year, and guys like Caleb Clark we talked about, who ended up bolting into the All Blacks. Uh, Hoskins, the 2-2 someone brought up, the, he ended up bolting into the All Blacks. So just someone that you think, man, keep an eye out for this this person. He could be could be something. Anyone come to mind on that, that side? Damn, that's a hard one. Um, yeah. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. Um, just going... By office form at the end of last year, I would say Caleb Trask. He'll probably be the additional 10-15 that they'll probably look, especially if Will Jordan, um, I know he's had some injuries, scares in the last couple of games, and um, I hope this is not the case, but it seems like he's starting to get um, real bad case of head injuries, um, which I hope doesn't derail his career. But Caleb Trask at the end of the last year, especially within the... Was it the Modi and the Moana Pacifica game? And he carved. So I hope, um, yeah, depending on how the Chiefs play with him and McKenzie, but I hope Caleb Trust does get starting time at 15, and I think he'll probably be a bolter at the end of the year. Yeah, that's an interesting one, because hey? I know they, they signed Brit Get Bryn Gatland um, there, so you'd think he would have been potentially the first choice 10. But the All Blacks have said that, um, you know, they didn't pick Joshuani and they didn't pick a backup 10. They wanted basically Damien McKenzie was the, the next 10 if, if Bodie or or Richie Monga couldn't play. And I saw in the trial, that last trial that they had the game of three halves, uh, D-Mac played first five. 
So I'm wondering if they're thinking similar to you that maybe Trask has really come on and that could be their 10-15 combination. I like that pick on Trask, actually. That's that's a good shot. I didn't think of him as well, but yeah, good call on that one. Um, all right, so yeah, we sh- we needed you on last week. These are some really uh, good picks uh, better than we had for Rog, but... Um, all right, um, yeah, we'll move on to our next phase, brother. We'll look into some reviews. So I'm not sure if you saw uh, the two New Zealand games in particular I want to focus on, but uh, the Highlanders played the Crusaders um, on fr- was it Friday, was it Saturday? Friday, I think it was. Yeah, and the Crusaders end up taking it out. I flip and hit the score, now I've lost it. And the Crusaders took it out. Maybe. What did you What did you think of that game? What, what, did you, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I watched uh, watched it uh, briefly. I just um, caught the extended highlights. Um, man, it's just it's crazy. Like all these other teams are like trying to knock off the rust, uh, the rust from you know from the, uh, the extended time without play. But man, the Crusaders just come in firing. Like, just seems like they haven't like stopped or seems like they're just carrying on from their form last year. And if anything. Um, yeah, the the first two set piece tries just shows it. Like, um, what's his name? Uh, Cody Taylor with his try. Like that was just like they they built up that pressure to a point where like man, they they got Cody Taylor in. Like, never in world rugby would you ever see like a hooker, uh, unless you're playing in the Southern Hemisphere, run like forty meters just to score a try. So. That was good on the Crusaders. Their second try as well was just set piece and like all the players running through to support that kick from Siri Reese. Um, Highlanders were a bit un- unlucky. There was a try that got uh, disallowed, which could have um, flipped the whole momentum. Um, they got, um, yeah, it was one of those ones that they had to review the rock situation that led up towards the try and there was a slight knock on, but um, I, 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 yeah, I'm confident that it had that been awarded a try, that would have you know, flipped the table. Um, one thing that you've got to do against the Crusaders is that once you do get the advantages and once you do build up that pressure that you capitalise on it, um, that you do come away with points, whether it be three, whether it be five or seven, you've got to come away with points. And that's something that, because I think there were two yellow cards or maybe just the one, um, but I know the Highlanders were in like their 22, the uh, Crusaders 22, and they walked up, came away with hardly any points. If anything, the Crusaders scored points on them. So um, Highlanders are still looking quite rusty. I know they're still trying to work out their combinations down there. Still a team to watch out for, obviously, when they, um, the next couple of games coming up. But yeah, I, I believe right now the team to beat is still the Crusaders. Yep, yep, they were they were clinical as usual. Um, yeah. good good call on Cody Taylor. I think he was bloody awesome. We gave him the three points for the Wiz Wiz medal for the game. Cody Taylor he was good, mm. and uh, yeah, that captain's challenge. That's an interesting thing because in previous years they could only look back two phases. That knock on mm. was like four phases ago. Yeah, so yeah. you know this captain's challenge has added a new dynamic to the game, which we haven't seen before. But I thought, yeah, you're right. That was a turning point because that would have given them a one-point lead if they'd got the conversion over, and then from there it's a different ball game. But uh, yeah, they didn't take their chances. One thing I'll say: the Highlanders they had seven kickable penalties, which they turned down. They would keep going for the sideline and trying to score a try, and they came up with not much to be fair. And I wonder, in hindsight, if they should have taken some of those shots at goal just to keep that scoreboard pressure kicking over. But um, yeah, Crusaders, oh, and, 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 bloody and, awesome. And that's a sorry, sorry, Stace. And that's another thing. Like, like they had 
they went for a corner, good position, and like if you're gonna go for if you're gonna go for the corner, you better you know walk away with points. And like that's that's normally their mm. bread and butter, uh, but it just looked like um, there was no like the timing was off. And if anything yeah. against the Crusaders, that's the last thing you want to do going into a set piece is be unsure. Um, and that's what we saw, man. Like they got what quite a few turnovers from the more. Um, knock on from pressure on defense. It just like it just seems like they still there's still a lot to um to work on uh, down there and um down in the Dunedin with the Highlanders. Yep. Yeah, good call there. Um yeah, they had uh where I talked up a guy last week, uh Selby Rickett. He didn't even get to he didn't even get picked in the team, which I'm not sure why. I thought he was pretty not pretty good. Um and um Ale Malo, he went down there to play fullback and I thought he had a bit of a mixed bag. So that was um something for the Highlanders. He's still still rough to be in a new team and um, you know, he's played a lot of wing of late, so I think we know who's gonna be good. But mate, what did you I'll just ask you one more question, mate, Josh Yuani. He they went with uh, Mitch Hunt again. I don't know if the coaches love him down there. He must be awesome at training or something because he always seems to get those early games. But I thought Joshua only made a difference. So where would you? what would you be doing if you were the coaching staff? Put your coaching head on. Would you be starting him and putting him off the bench, playing him in 12 or 15? Or... I'll, 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 I'll start him at 12. Um, just as long as he does, um, he probably needs to put, uh, put a bit more muscle in. Yeah, I'm not convinced that uh, with him being a game driver, I feel like it's um, it, his natural ability is just to play with what's in front of him. And um, I feel like the best suited position would be 12. He's got the strength, he's got the speed to uh, be effective, and he does have the skills to distribute the ball as well, which is something that you'll need at a 12. Um, I think that's probably his best chance if he's looking to secure a jersey, especially in, uh, with how... The All Blacks are a bit unsure with the midfield combinations. 12 will probably be his best chance to try and get some sort of security uh, in the All Blacks jersey. Um, and I feel like Mitch Hunt, yeah, Mitch Hunt, uh, he's actually pretty, uh, Mitch Hunt's actually a pretty good game driver and game manager, which I feel like they just probably need to spend more time playing alongside each other just to get the chemistry going. Yeah, yeah, good call there. Yeah, Joshua, and he's got all the ability in the world. He's got such a high ceiling, but it's just that inconsistency where he can be awesome one week and then, you know, pretty ordinary the next. And at least, yeah, at least with Mitch Hunt, he's quite, uh, you know, consistent. He's not, his ceiling is nowhere near what Joshua can do, but he's consistent. Um, so I understand probably that selection there. It's a tough one, because, eh, you know, Yuani was the, well, he was the third Best first five in the country a couple of years ago. He got a he got a game for the All Blacks. No, 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 no. They just signed him up so he wouldn't play for the money. They, they don't do that. <laughs> okay. do He's that. another they one test, another one test guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, bro. yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, good point. Another conspiracy theory there. We'll go with that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just for um, yeah, we're talking about our Wes Wes medal. So I was just pulling up the points now. So Cody Taylor he got three for that one. Uh, Severis, we gave two points to Severis, and Marino, Marino Micaletu, he got a point. So, um, yeah, thanks, I think Cam's had a big bit of that one, and yeah, I agreed with a lot of that anyway, so, yep, um, good feedback there. We'll look on to our next game there, mate, Hurricanes and the Blues. Uh, on Saturday night, so the Blues took it out 31-16 to down in um, down in Wellington there, so good to get that away win for the Blues. But, mate, how did you see that one? 
Oh, that was awesome. Uh, being a Blues fan myself, I was a bit nervous in the first half. Um, it just looked like both teams were rusty. They couldn't get any continuation within their play. But um, in the second half, uh, things turned around for the better for the Blues. Um, it just seems like they knocked off that bit of rust. And it just seemed like once they got a bit of... Um, they, whatever the call was in the sheds, it was good that they went to the forwards and just create their foundation before they actually, you know, go wide and use their backs. Um, it looks like our bread and butter is going to be our uh, set piece, which is awesome because um, we've got the forwards, especially the front row, to, to dominate up front. Um, we've got the we've got the tight five to do the dirty work, and we've got the Lucy's to play out wide and um, play a more expensive game. So um, I was happy with um, with the result. Um, I was happy with um, Otere Black and the way he led the team around the field, made some awesome decisions, especially. Um, with his boot, like, you know, kicking out wide, uh, going out wide, I feel like his passing game is um, just a step, uh, taken up another level and it's helped to get the ball out faster, which is probably attributed to having Burden Barrow, which is the king of getting the ball out wide fast. So, um, yeah, it was awesome to see that. Um, I was a bit unlucky for Ari Sevilla being his 100th game. It was awesome to see him and his brother Julian, as well as the little ones, come out on the field. Um, if anything, I thought that was probably going to ride the Hurricanes to victory. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. But, um, yeah, it seems like it might be a long season for the Hurricanes. Um, I felt like uh probably wasn't their true team. And I feel like it's the same case for the Blues. They're still trying to test out um, combinations. Um, but, yeah, uh, all in all, I'm just happy um, the Blues came out with the win. Yep. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that there. Um, you touched on Otiri Black. He was awesome, and the Blues need him to be good as well. And Akira, I thought he was he was bloody outstanding as well on the loose forwards. So uh, I was just happy as well to get a win. You know, Wellington can be a tough place, but uh, you know they got that nine ten. You talk about the game drivers. They got Tom Mutini, who's a young guy, and Garden mm -hmm. Bishop. I'm still not sold on him. He still needs a lot of work. So, oh um, uh, yeah. Uh Jonathan, Jonathan Tomatini, he's, he's, he's the man. He's um, um, uh, one of my mates' little brother. And I, I was I was actually um, disappointed when the Blues didn't pick him up. I thought I thought um, they should have picked him up instead of Christy, not knowing how good Christy was going to be. Um, but I just feel like Tomatini has got... He's got a better distribution game. He's got a good kicking game. And then he's good on defense as well. So I hope, I hope nothing but the best for him, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Um... You know, he's he's this will be his sort of first real start starting role at that level end with Garden Bishop outside. You know, it's it's going to could be a tough tough time when you those are the guys driving the game. You got a young fella in and a guy who hasn't convinced for a couple of years, so it could be a bit rough for the Hurricanes. I'll say, um, yeah, and agree with you about um Artie, hundred games. He's already one of the the greats of Hurricane rugby, so he deserves a lot of congratulations there. And I'm happy to agree with um, you. Kira. What what did you reckon about uh, Julian Severe? My oh, he, he didn't get much ball. I, I didn't think he was that good, but he looks he looks fit anyway. On the outside looking in, he looks like he's guys coming and trained hard because they got Rayasi down there, who after the ITM Cup, I thought this guy should be starting and with Ben Lamb gone, and uh, I think Julian just out trained him by the looks of it. But he he still I'm still not sold on Julian. He still looks a bit. Um, He's not that player he was, you know, in his heyday. He's still, he's a sort of um, not that same player. So 
I think Silesia will get his chances. He's got to wait wait a bit longer. But what did you make? What did you make of that? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm bit of the same on the same boat as you. Like game never really came out his way. Um, the opportunities that he did get, he was pretty good. Like carried it up strong. Um, did what he needed to do. Um, but yeah, like like you said, like um, maybe it might be just their game plans not evolving the wings much. Um, but maybe it's just the way the game was flowing. It just never got out. Like even Ngani as well, they didn't really use him much um, compared to how they played uh, the Blues last year down in uh, Wellington. Uh, so, and now for me, I was just, yeah, I like, you're right. He's looking like probably the best shape he's he's been in his whole career. So we'll see how that goes, um, how the season goes, uh, progresses along. But yeah, so far, so good. I mean, yeah, like you said, Rayasi deserves the starting spot, but we'll see how it goes. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, interesting on Lomape, because he was up against Harry Plummer, and we've had issues with Plummer at 12. We, I mean the Blues. The Blues have had issues with Plummer at 12 in the past. So I thought they just couldn't get him into the game. If they could have, he could have he could have killed Plummer. He should have killed Plummer. And and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. So I don't know if the Hurricanes sort of missed a trick there on that mismatch. They should have exploited it a bit more. I don't know what happened there. But, uh, yeah, I thought the Blues could have, could have been killed in that area. Like, it's happened to them before. And, um, yeah, Lomapi just couldn't get into the game. It was hard for him, like a lot of the, like a lot of the backs, to be fair. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Cam's and Joey's favourite uh, player, Harry Plummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man! I mean, when they picked him at twelve against Lomapi, I thought he's going to—he's going to get some lessons here. But um, it didn't eventuate, and you know, it's a credit to the Blues. I thought they were better through the forwards and around the park, so that um, you know, they were operating on their front foot ball as well, which you know, the uh, Hurricanes didn't with, have. Stays with that in mind. Do you think that's like a um, the management putting pressure on Plummer, saying that he's not going to get a look in at ten or fifteen, and if he's going to get a try get a starting spot, it's going to be in the midfield. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he could be in a similar spot to Yuwani in a little bit, Josh Yuwani. Mm, mm. Like, they don't see him um, having the, you know, the gravitas and then the game-driving skills, the communication skills and the leadership ability, or whatever you want to call it, to drive the team. And Plummer, he has question marks in that area. So maybe yeah. 12, he's another sort of biggish guy who could play 12. So I think maybe they're thinking, hey, look, that could be your spot if you're prepared to do the work. So, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of him at 12. I, I think he's got some question marks defensively. But, yep. you know, I, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd put him at 10 for sure either. So it could be 12 for him. Good call on that one. Yeah. And I'll just back what you said against uh, what you said about Osafo Moore. Um, he was bloody awesome. And I'd be starting him every week if he keeps playing like that. Even though they got Dane Coles there. He was, he was awesome. Uh, that... Um, what do you reckon about that um, that second try of his, uh, that scrum? Uh, didn't look like an intentional move, but what do you reckon that's obstruction? Um, uh, yeah, he just, it was just massive open spaces. It, either that's, um, and that doesn't normally happen like that. So it looked it looked funny, which is why people thought it might have been obstruction. I didn't see anything clear and obvious, but um, I know when he got like a couple of meters up from the line, Akira was there and um, Jonathan Rudu was there. And they didn't want to know about it. They sort of just let him, let him go. <laughs> and I was like, oh well, you can't really stop him that close. But uh, oh man, mm. 
It was a, it was a strange one. Yeah. But he was awesome. He was awesome again. And we know that about him. He's got that running ability, that, uh, you know, that real athleticism. So, you know, he looks really good there. I'm not sure, um, Sully, if, if you're still there, if you caught any of the, uh, the Aussie games. So it's, it's not something that we normally talk a lot about, but I'll just mention some scores. Uh, the Reds beat the Rebels 23-21, and the Brumbies absolutely smoked the Waratahs 61 points to 10. So, yeah, I'm not sure if you scored any of that, but uh, have you got anything to say about the Aussies or we'll just move on? <laughs> um. The Reds, the Reds Brumbies game. I, I watched the extended highlights. The Brumbies got all their yep. points off penalties. Um, mm. Pretty sure, and the Reds won it. They won it with a try in the last seventy fourth minute, seventy sixth minute, and they scored that winning try with fourteen players after one of their players got a red card. Um, Matt Samoa had the chance to win the game with like time up, and he missed the penalty. So. I feel like um, that yeah that was probably a, a really good game. It was tightly contested. I'm still happy as to see what um, Ruben Thorne is doing at the Reds. Um, that young midfield that they've got there, especially um, Hunter Paisami, is he's only going to get better the the more the the longer he gets to play and more exposed within that professional environment. I feel like uh, what they're brewing up there at the Reds is is a good culture, but it's um, something similar to what they've got at the Blues where. Um, it's all about accountability, but acceptability as well. Accepting everyone for who they are, whether you're young and you're, or you're old. Something that probably Ruben Thorne learned at the Crusaders as well. So, um, the second game I, I caught that briefly as well. Um, man, I, I pretty much flipped the channels as soon as I saw. It was like, it was only 48 minutes, and the score was like 30, 30 something to like 10 or 14. It was just, it was just ridiculous. Like. Uh, Nick Phibbs was just running amok on, on his old team uh, there at the Waratahs. It uh, just seemed like they had all the. Um, it just seemed like everything um, was just it was just one way traffic when I was watching it. Uh, one person to watch out for, or, or one key positions to watch out for would be the back three for the Brumbies. I thought that they were really good. They've got a young winger. I know he's an island boy. Um, man, he was carving up eh? just his elusiveness and just his like knows for finding um, the gaps uh, and just attacking it was just uh, it was it's weird i'm not really used to seeing like um uh what, what was it not used to seeing many australian wingers playing with this uh that much flair um but obviously of these uh, recent years it's it's good to see that come out but yeah, i'm not too sure who who that player was but he always stuck out on the tv when i was watching Yep, yep, good thoughts there. Uh, Matt Tomor was bloody awesome. They should have got wasted, to be fair. The Reds should have wasted the Rebels. But his, they just played the percentages. He kicked for the corners. He played position, uh, territory, those, you know, the basics of the game. And then when they got in, in point-scoring positions, he was just kicking the threes and just trying to... And they almost stole it, like you say. So he was, he really stood out. Uh, and even though he was in the losing team, he got the man of the match from the, the stand network on the bloody Australian. That's who's running the, the Australian Super Rugby now. And he, they got the official man of the match from, from them. And all he, we gave him the three points for the Wiz Wiz medal as well. So he was outstanding. And the, the bloody... The Waratahs, I don't know what to say about them. They've conceded 100 points in two games. 
So they have got serious, serious issues. And those guys, like you said, they look bloody... They look like, you know, wallabies and all blacks running amok out there. The wing I think you're talking about, his name was Mac, Mac Hansen. So he ended up getting three tries and like four line breaks and he just carved them up. And yeah, he got the three points for, for us as that, for that game as well. So uh, it's good to see we're in agreement there. But um, the Aussie conference, just watching the Kiwi games and then the Aussie games, you can see without being disrespectful that there is a little bit of a... I'd say a different style. I don't want to say. No, I'll say that it's a step down. It feels like a step down. No, it's just, it's it's not like, you know being biased or anything. It's just yeah, it's just completely honestly like you can just definitely see the different levels of play. Like the skill set level is just massive difference. You know, you've got forwards out here passing like long passing, quick passing, and then you've got forwards over there in Aussie who are just like don't even know how to spin the ball when they pass. And you know, um, yeah, I feel like. I can't. I can't wait for the conferences to to have the Super Rugby comp between us and Aussie. Man, it's going to be interesting, and it'll be good to see how um how it all pans out. Because I don't know what it is, man. It just feels like whenever you play in Oz, man, like the refs say, they just have a way of of just uh, playing into that bias uh, for the home team. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, what I will say say is it does look like there are two. Two top teams over in Australia might be similar to what we got here now. There are two really, uh, two better teams, which is the Brumbies and the Reds, and then there's sort of like a gap between to the next two, or the next three. And I wonder if we might have that in New Zealand with the Blues and the Crusaders. It's still early days for us. We only had one round, but um, yeah, they were the top two last year in the New Zealand conferences. And what I've seen so far, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blues and the Crusaders are up there again. Um, yeah. But um, all right, boy. Uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll just have a quick uh, couple of previews before we start to wrap up this, Sully. So we've got the Chiefs and the Highlanders um, playing. Chiefs play their first game. Uh, it was supposed to be Friday night, I believe, but now both games have moved to Sunday, which will have to be confirmed due to the COVID uh, lockdowns. So what, what are your thoughts on this Chiefs v Highlanders? Our first look at the Chiefs as well. Have you got any thoughts on that, that upcoming game? Um, yeah, so uh, this upcoming game will we'll be able to celebrate the annual, uh, the one year anniversary of when they last won a game. Um, so that'll be something for everyone, especially the Chiefs supporters, especially Rog, to celebrate. Um, uh, but yeah, it'll be good to see how all the um, new players come together. Um, <laughs> obviously, they've got a young team there and they've got the current skipper. Uh, for the All Blacks uh, leading the squad again this year, I thought he played really well in preseason. However, it's all I'm a bit unsure in terms of um, their forward pack. Uh, obviously, they've lost the likes of Nepal Laulala, who's probably a massive key figure within their front row, especially their tie five. Um, but yeah, it'll be good to see. Um, I'm, I'm a massive fan of that uh, halfback, Xavier Rowe. Um, uh, He'll obviously be pushing for game time behind Brad Weber. But we'll see how the teams go, um, especially with the, with the back line. Uh, I feel like um, the Highlanders, they probably you know got that wake-up call that they needed last year. Um, I mean, last year, sorry, last week against the Crusaders. Um, that's probably the hardest game that they'll, you know, that they'll ever have to start the season with. So if anything, they'll probably be rearing to go this week, especially losing at homes. Um, they know how valuable those points will come uh, to come by. So, he'll definitely um, the Crusaders. I mean, sorry, the Highlanders will definitely look uh, to 
to try and get a win um, at the Chiefs. Is it at the Chiefs or? Yeah, at the Chiefs in um, mm. Waikato. Oh, mm. um, always hard to beat um, Chiefs at home, but obviously um, with last year um, being. It's been a whole year since they've won again, and that's something obviously that they will probably be uh, drilling within their own squad as well. Um, it's a whole new squad, um, but still some key figures, especially within the leadership group. So I, I, I want the Chiefs to do well. Um, obviously, not having Warren Gatlin um, there to coach them, we'll see how the new coaching uh, staff goes. Um, but um, yeah, if, if anything, it's going to be a good game, and it'll be a good indication of how. Uh, each team in their season will go, to be honest. Yeah. Um, good thoughts there. I watched that, that, the Chiefs' last trial, and they were woeful, man. They couldn't get anything going on. So I'm not sure where they're at. You can't read much into trial form, but if you also consider what happened last year, and it's been a long time since they've had a win, to be fair. Um, at home, at home, against the Highlanders, I'll give them a shout. I think they, they'll, they'll pick up a win, just because... Oh. Yeah, they're going to be desperate. They have to be desperate and playing at home. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. Um, I'm interested to see, like you say, the makeup of that 10 and 15 who plays where. It'll be interesting. We should get a gauge on that in that first game. We're obviously doing this podcast before the teams get named. And also the loose forward makeup. They've got some um, quite um, quite deep in that position as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a good game, as you say. And Selby Rickett, I hope he gets to start. I'm a big fan of his for the Highlanders. I'm not sure why he wasn't there for the first game. But, um, yeah, hopefully he gets a game as well. But, yeah, I'm good for the Chiefs on that one. Um, our second game we'll have a look at. We've got nothing else. Um, it's the Crusaders and the Hurricanes. So the Blues got the bye. Crusaders playing the Hurricanes in Christchurch, mate. It's going to be another blockbuster. So how, do you, how are you seeing that one? It's going to be the upset of the, of the season. <laughs> Remember, we got our TAB oh, account yeah. as well, so we're going to put a bit on something. So mm. I'll get you to have a give us our tip of the week. But um, you think you think you're picking an upset? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but the Hurricanes just always seem to play well uh, when their backs are against the wall. Uh, I know they would have got, a, got or caught a lot of flack from uh, media, uh, especially with their performance over the weekend against the Blues, but. Whenever you count them down and out, they seem to find another gear just to, uh, or another level to ascend to in order to perform and get a W. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm pretty confident that they can get a win. It will be a close game. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think the Crusaders will blow them out. I think it will be just a game similar to last year where the Hurricanes just took more of the opportunities. I feel like, uh, depending on the selections, I hope, that they start Nani and Peter Umanga Jensen together, and then we get to see maybe um, Wes Houston and Salisi here up, and then um, Barrett at the back. Um, that that would be me for the backs, and then the forwards. Um, yeah, I think they need to start Adi at eight, and then have Karifi start at seven. I'm not too sure why there was that late change up with him coming off the bench, but. Um, I don't know what it is with Vai Fafita. It doesn't look like his, his head's in the game. He looks like he's still in shape, but he just it's just his performance and his confidence just seems like it's out the window. Uh, so I don't know what's um, happening there. But I feel like the, uh, the Hurricanes, oh, well, that's just me as a Blues fan, hoping for the best. But it just seems like whenever you count them out, they seem to find uh, or muster up their strength in order to, to do better. Um, 
nothing taking nothing away from the Crusaders. I know that they'll bring it week in, when week in, week out. But yeah, it just seems like the Hurricanes always seem to be their bogey team, especially playing at home. Yep. I know the Crusaders, they won something ridiculous, like 35 games in a row mm. in Christchurch. And it was the Hurricanes who ended up stopping that streak. So um, they, they, so they've shown that they are capable. But oh, the Crusaders are really are a juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I just saw that thing. Death, Texas and Crusaders, those are the three <laughs> guarantees, man. So, yeah, I, I think the Crusaders look good. And I, I think... Um, I really like the looks of some of the, those backs that they've got there. Fainganuku and Severusi was awesome in that game. So that their ability to manipulate and find space. But the backline that you mentioned for the Hurricanes is pretty decent as well. So it could be that could be a really good matchup. To see how they they both go against each other. But I think it's going to be close. And I'm with you. So I picked the, the Crusaders sort of one to twelve on that one. Um, all right, I'll give you guys a quick update on our, our medal, Wiz Wiz medal. So we don't have an out-and-out out winner yet, out-and-out uh, out leader, I'll say. But we do have uh, seven guys, seven guys on three points at the moment. So Filippo Dalgunu, uh, Nick White, Cody Taylor, James O'Connor, Matt Tomua, Otere Black, and Mac Hansen. All got a seven-way share of the lead. So still early days, obviously, but... Um, yeah, it's going to keep on interesting. We'll keep posting that up and we'll put some stuff on our social media as well for you guys to follow through. But uh, we're just about to finish up, Sally, mate. But have you got, just for our TAB account, I forgot to get a tip from you, just of these games coming up, we'll, we'll put a cheeky 10 on. Have you got anything that yep. you'd like to look off for a bit? Um, uh, Chiefs. Um, I'll pick the Chiefs to go over the Highlanders. I'll say, yeah, 13 and under. And then I'm going to say Hurricanes. Um, yeah, I want to say Hurricanes to win uh, 12, uh, 14, uh, 13 and under as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll put, it, we'll put a $10 multi on that. I know, I don't actually know, but I know that the Crusaders will be raging hot favourites because they always are. So we could probably get some decent odds on that Canes one as well. So, yeah, yeah we could be in the money. Uh, I think we're up to... <laughs> We had $117. We put $10 on the Chiefs based to win the competition, which was Roger's bet for last week. So we're still looking good. We'll put another 10 bucks on your bet there, Sully. So, yeah, just for our listeners, we started off with $50. So these bets have really come through quite good for us. And it's these types of calls which have really done well for us. So, um, all right, Sully, mate, we're just about to close up, brother. So I'll get some final thoughts from you, brother, just in closing, before we wrap everything up. No, no, yep. So now I'm I'm just excited to have uh, footy back in our lives. I mean, it's been quite a long time. Um, feels like the season has come up um, uh, come up real quick, but um, it's actually started off later this year. So um, hopefully, um, hopefully, um, nothing. I'm, I'm the Blues. I know they're still down in Wellington training, so which is good for them. They're still down in level two, but I hope uh, moving forward that we um. We hopefully get to go back down to level one just so that we can all go out and watch the footy games at Eden Park. Um, but yeah, final closing statements for me. I'm just happy to have uh, footy back uh, in our weekly lives. And, and yeah, just hope everyone's uh, staying safe. Obviously, we're in level three here up in Auckland. But wherever you're tuning in from, uh, yeah, just make sure you just take the extra precautions just to stay safe and keep the uh, keep your loved ones around you safe as well. So... 
Um, I know up, uh, we're grateful down here in, in New Zealand to be blessed to still have these games running and have everyday lives, but um, it's still something that we need to take care of and um, be grateful for as well. So, um, yeah, that's uh, my final thoughts. Yeah, nice, nice thoughts, brothers. Good to have you back on, man. Always sharing your knowledge there, Sully, with uh, with our listeners. Um, yeah, just I will say, good to have rugby back. I 100% agree with that. And with us being on level three, for everyone else who's listening out there, try to do your bit <laughs> and whatever you're supposed to be doing, just do that. No, we don't need any more people, you know, not doing what they're supposed to do, so we can get out of these lockdowns and hopefully get back to watching some games live, which would be good for everyone. But uh, yeah, I want to thank everyone. Um, yeah. Especially with Joey, Joey, you know, um, even if you test positive, please don't go to the gym twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, man, Sully, man, good to have you back on again, brother. It's, oh, awesome, it's always awesome. got some um, awesome knowledge. And yep, for our listeners, we'll be back in every week. So keep tuning in and keep listening. Um, thanks, Cams, as well, for doing the fact-checking for us. But uh, that's us. And thanks for joining us for an episode of The Counter-Rock. Nice. Cheers, boys. Sweet. Cheers.